What's up? Welcome back to Forte Catholic. Here still at the beginning of this new year. It is great to be here with you tonight. If you're joining us for the first time, um, I'm your host, Taylor Schroll. This is Forte Catholic. I am the Forte Catholic. Forte is a word in music that means loud, and if you haven't noticed already, I tend to be pretty loud. Um, as I say that, I'm watching our our sound just spike on our on our soundboard. It's fantastic. And also, like a forte is something that you're good at. So God's gifted me with certain things, and He's gifted you with some things. And together, as the body of Christ, if we all use our gifts, then the kingdom of God will continue to grow. So that's why I'm here today. So um, tonight, I want to talk about the topic of following. And uh, for a few reasons, there's a lot of things that I follow. I follow sports. I follow uh, faith on on Twitter. I follow um, comics. I follow certain movies like the Star Wars movies, the Marvel movies. There's a lot of things that I follow, a lot of things that you follow. Um, Just to start off the show, because we are uh, recording from the middle of Texas in the Red Sea Radio Studios in Bryan College Station, Texas, I just want to take very briefly a moment of silence for... uh, the two Texas NFL teams that lost their playoff games today. So if you would, uh, if you want to send up a prayer for Brock Osweiler, because he's a terrible quarterback, if you want to send up, send up a prayer for um, all the players of the Dallas Cowboys who got beat yesterday, why don't you just go ahead and do that now? All right, so we got that out of the way. Um, so we're talking about, about following today. Another thing that we're... Um, Another great person that people have followed in the past is, is Martin Luther King. And it, it, we do celebrate um, his feast day today. <laughs> Just kidding. He's not, he's not a Catholic saint. It's not his feast day. But we're, ce- we're celebrating his holiday, right? Um, and it's, it's, it's been really cool um, being on, on Twitter last night, getting my phone today, and, and seeing all these people posting about Martin Luther King and all of his great quotes and all of those things. I'm not going to go too much into it, but I'd, you know, I'd, it w- I wouldn't be a good radio host if I didn't at least mention it. As we are recording this show on on Monday, on Martin Luther King Day, a day early, um, we're pre-recording this show because of, of course, if you follow the show, you know that I'm coaching basketball tomorrow night. So while you're praying for those Texans and Dallas teams that lost, why don't you send up a prayer for us tomorrow night as we uh, continue our district and play? Um, but Martin Luther King, all all of the, all the great things that he did for unity, for peace, um, his leadership as a pastor, um, is just a great man to follow and and. It's been really cool to see. Obviously, you know, I'm 27 years old. I missed a lot of his, a lot of his great work, but it's what's been cool for me to see is to see all the people that have followed after him, and that have continued to um, to to try to work to unite our country and to show love. So, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about what we did today. Our staff over at Ablaze Ministries, we took a trip today on this holiday into Top Golf in Houston. Um, if you if you're not familiar with, with what Top Golf is, it's a it's essentially a driving range with these big holes in it, and the goal is to get it into the hole, and you get a certain amount of points if you hit it into the hole. So it's like, well, Taylor, that sounds like golf. Well, the, in golf, the holes are like what two inches wide. At, at Top Golf, they're like 40, 40 feet wide. So it's a lot easier for me. I'm not very good at golf, but I I think I can hit a ball into a forty foot wide uh, hole pretty well. So our staff, all seventeen of us, got into uh, a school bus this morning uh, and drove over to 
to Top Golf. And one interesting thing that we did, a lot of you know that I absolutely love technology. I love my phone. I love being on social media. I love all my Bible apps and all these other, my, having my email, text message, all this stuff, playing my games. I love to be around technology. I, I love what it does for us. Um, if you were with us a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the pros and cons of technology for faith. That was episode 14. You can check it out on the podcast if you missed it on iTunes or on SoundCloud. You can go to ForteCatholic.com slash radio to check that out. But one thing that our, our admin staff decided to do was like, okay, what's the purpose of this staff outing? The purpose of this staff outing was to bring us together as, as a team to um, build bonds between us, to grow friendships, that sort of thing, as this is you know the first real time that we're together Um that this week is the first time we're really together after the Christmas break. And so, I mean, it was, it was tough for me. I like having my phone. Um, but you know, I left, I left it in the office and, uh, and, and, and away we went. And, you know, so on the way there, I was driving the school bus. So everybody's like hanging out and talking. I was up in the bus in the front and just kind of by myself. And I was like, well, man, this stinks. Cause typically when I drive, I'm listening to podcasts. I have, you know, I get ear, one earbud in my ear. I'm in my car listening through the Bluetooth or something. I was like, man, I have not driven in silence in I don't know how long. <laughs> like, I always have noise when I'm driving. So it was interesting for me because I'm driving for an hour, hour and a half, um, you know, kind of just watching, watching, the, watching our team, watching our staff, get to know each other a little better and mingle. And then I, I'm up here like, you know, partially just going back and forth between being you know, frustrated that I don't have my phone to listen to my podcast. And then the other time, just like, man, it's just really cool to have this silence. I don't have a lot of silence in my life. And I, I mean, I had a, a great time of, of prayer during, you know, for a few minutes within that, within that hour and a half drive. And it was a cool time for me because a lot of times, you know, we just need to reset. And I think that's what today was for me. So, um, you know, if, if you're if you're working out and you work out every single day and your body's tired, like you need a day to rest so that your body can recuperate so that next week you can, you can uh, be your best. And I think that's what this was for me. It's like I've just had you know, so much noise over the holidays and, and been on my phone and being, doing a lot of work for the show and catching up on work after, after the break. And I've just been in front of a screen for a long time. And today was just kind of a, 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 a break from that and, and just to kind of relax a little bit. And then we get over to Top Golf, and man, it was it was it was just a lot of fun. I love the many of you know that I'm a competitor. I love competing, so we we had uh, you know little competitions between us on who could score the most points. It was great getting you know just getting to have different conversations with our staff that maybe I don't get to see day in and day out. And then also it was so fun on the way back. So I didn't drive on the way back. I uh, switched out with somebody else and. The, the the drive back was got absolutely ridiculous. So if you, I'm gonna take you back to junior high real quick. So back when you were in junior high, on the school bus, you know you'd play these silly games and you know your little junior high humor and like everything somebody said was funny. Uh, so we're we're on the bus and we decide to play this game where that I'm sure you played as a small child. <laughs> There's a bunch of twenty year olds playing this game on a school bus. Where every we're gonna tell a story together, but everybody says one word. So here we are in the bus, all you know, in our in our all in a row, and we just kind of 
went in a row and we would just tell this story and it got absolutely hilarious because people being ridiculous on purpose you know they're 25 year old people using potty humor and all this it was just absolutely crazy and, and it was so funny because i was like man the last time we acted like this was the last time we didn't have cell phones back in junior high school right it was it was just so funny how we reverted immediately to acting like junior high kids but i tell you what man it, it was a great time of us being able to to come together to have some fun um to get away from our screens for a little bit and uh for me to beat my boss at golf. That was a lot of fun. So um, we just went old school today, and uh, and I really enjoyed it. And if you, like I said, if you, if you listened a couple of weeks ago and talked about technology, you know I love it. I'm a big proponent of it, but it, it, we do have to balance these things. So in order to balance these things, I just told a story that advocates for stepping away from your phone a little bit. Now I'm going to advocate to get on your phone real quick. So as many of you know, I do this segment called Forte 5, and... Um, I do a top, like top five countdown of, of different types of things. Well, uh, I wanted to do this Forte Five of like my favorite five people to follow on on Twitter. I absolutely love Twitter. It's my favorite of the social medias. Uh, it's it's I, I spend probably more time on that than I do Facebook or Instagram or uh, MySpace or uh, MyFace or uh, Google Plus that no one uses, right? So Twitter is my favorite, and I wanted to share with you my top five people that I follow on Twitter. And I, and I started, <clears throat> I was like, okay, I'm going to just kind of name storm and throw these people up and then I'll rank them. And I got up to 13 people and I was like, well, okay, like I can take out these three. But then I was like, man, I wouldn't be doing myself justice if I just had, if I had to pick five of these, of these 13. So I was talking to Jake, our producer today, and I was saying, well, you know, last week was Friday the 13th, so we can kind of tie in the 13 top tw- top Twitter followers to uh, top t- top 10 people. Oh my goodness, top 13 people on Twitter that we could follow. See, I'm getting confused already. Make it up this new segment. Um, so f- you know, Friday the 13th connected to the 13. Um, I was like, okay, maybe I can chop three off and do a forte five times two. And Jake's like, yeah, the show's on Tuesday, so it's like times Tuesday. And then what we, those were like kind of good reasons to do uh, Forte 13, you know, Forte 10 plus three. And a, a, but the best reason of all, Jake looked at me and said, you know what? It's your show. You can do whatever you want. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I can. So here we go. We're going to do our Forte five times two plus three. So here we go. These are my top 10 Twitter follow uh, Twitter follows. So top 10 people for you to follow. And the way my criteria for this was a balance of growth and faith and being uplifting and a balance of uh, entertainment value and how much joy they bring to my life. So the three that I'm going to knock out first, the honorable mentions are at Catholic underscore memes. That's Catholic memes. Um, also at Worship Sound Guy and at Youth Group Boy. These three are just hilarious. They're absolutely great follows. Um, Catholic memes doesn't make the cut because they're better on, on Facebook. Uh, pictures are really hard to share on Twitter. It's not the best for it. But if you haven't checked out Catholic memes, they're absolutely hilarious. At Worship Sound Guy is, you know, what you would think, right? It's a... It's a a, a fake parody account of a worship guy kind of making fun of worship leaders and all the crazy things that we do and I'm a worship leader so I, I just have to laugh pretty much at myself when I read that 
at Youth Group Boy is another parody account of, a, a, you know, just your typical kid going to youth group, and he just kind of pokes fun at youth, youth ministers all the time, and I think it's really hilarious, but also there is a little value in it, because I'm like, well, I don't want to be that youth minister, so let me kind of fix this a little bit. So with those three honorable mentions out of the way, and our criteria set, let's go ahead and get into our top 10. Our number 10 is at Marcel Lejeune. He actually works right here in St. Mary's Catholic Center where, where our studio is. And he has this great balance of being absolutely hilarious and then throwing in some things to just build me up. Uh, the other day he tweeted, I love my wife so much I could swim the ocean for her. Well, not a real ocean because I would die. More like a small kidney-shaped pool. <laughs> And on Christmas, he said, 80 degrees and humid. For Christmas, I got air conditioning. And then, and then you know, he just throws that curveball. Also on Christmas, says, Christmas is more about war than cuddly babies. An invading hero behind enemy lines, infiltrating those who will torture and kill and then save. Like, that is real. <laughs> He's just going after it. He's a great follow. So you can follow him at Marcel Lejeune. I'll post this if you're having trouble spelling any of these. The next one is at Kyle Hyman. He was actually on the show a few weeks ago. You can check him out on the podcast. He, he also has a, uh, has a radio show, and he, he also has this great balance of being funny and then building me up. The other day, he said, Dear Toilet, thanks for putting up with all my crap. And I just literally laughed out loud to where my wife was wondering what I was doing. And then the next day, he writes, You know, the source of justice is not vengeance but charity. That was St. Bridget of Sweden. I'll say it again. The source of justice is not vengeance, but charity. So I'm able to learn and grow because of Kyle Hyman. So thanks, Kyle. Number eight is Father Father Ryan Hignan. Uh, He's at F-R-H-I-G-D-O-N. He's a great man, uh, a priest here at St. Mary's Catholic Center. He said the other day, there's not much in life that can't be made better with grace and tacos. Grace and tacos, people. Grace and tacos. And then the next day he says, if, if only my prayer would ever be yes and amen, instead so many useless words of little and no consequence. So I, I'm just scrolling through my, my Twitter feed and I read this. I'm like, man, that is going to be very helpful for my personal prayer. That's why I love following him and these other guys and gals on Twitter. Uh, number seven is at Lino Ruli. If, you, if you're not familiar with Lino Ruli, the Catholic guy, he's, he's probably... I think he is the single most popular Catholic uh, radio show host on Sirius XM, the Catholic channel. He's one of the big reasons why I wanted to get into radio. Um, if, uh, go check out his show. He's fantastic. He said the other day, I bought new running shoes. I'm still really slow. It turns out it wasn't the shoe's fault. I owe them an apology. And then he does these fun things with like uh, with polls. He says, today is Epiphany, and this weekend is the NFL wild card. On today's show, we asked which wild card should become a holy day of obligation. And the choices were Epiphany, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, or All Souls. And the winner was Good Friday. So if you ever wanted a new holy day of obligation, Lena Ruli has one for you. Number six will actually surprise you because he's not higher. It's at Pontifex. That is our Pope. Um, Like I told you earlier, we have criteria. They have to both be spiritually uplifting and, you know, make me laugh. And he's not really all that funny. But he he obviously is a great follow for some uh, spiritually uplifting things. Number five is actually the guy who was our interview today. We'll talk more about him in our next segment. His name is at Lex Lutheran, a play on the uh, Lex Luthor from from DC Comics. He's he's a great follow. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about him in a second. 
Number four is, is Mark Hart, at LT underscore the Bible Geek. He is uh, one of the scripture Catholic giants in our nation. Um, he, he said the other day, nowhere in scripture does God seek a human opinion before revealing his truth, his will, or his plan. So don't expect him to start now. He's a great man. Go follow him. Um, Mark Hart. <clears throat> Number three is Tommy Ty. His, his uh, Twitter is at the GH is silent. So I hope I pronounced that right. He said the other day, uh, the other day, Peter is saying, you may be surprised to find out we actually count your activity on Twitter when you get to the pearly gates. Tommy says, sweet. And Peter says, against you. Tommy goes, oh. So he's, he's a lot of fun. He's a great guy to follow. Uh, go check him out. Number two, another guy we've had on the show, at Alex Gote Jr. Um, he does a word of the day, scripture challenge of the day. Um, so he, he, he shares the scripture. He does a little reflection on it, and then he has a, a challenge question for you for how you're going to live this out today. Um, I read it just about every day. He posts it, and it um, helps me to focus my day on God. Uh, number one is actually very similar. It's at go to Steubenville. Uh, they do a really similar thing of this quote of the day um, that I get in my email every day. I see it on my Twitter. And uh, it's just a different saint quote, a different scripture verse, a different inspirational quote uh, to help really start my day off right. I read it in bed before I even let my feet hit the floor. So that is the, today's Forte 5 times 2 plus 3. That was a lot of fun. So go follow those guys. Like I said, I will post that on social media so you can go uh, – you don't have to memorize all their names or memorize the spellings. But uh, right when we come back, we're going to be talking to one of those guys, the, the guy who came in number five in the Forte Five, um, Lex Lutheran. He's a, obviously a Lutheran guy who I love to follow on Twitter. We're going to talk about his experience of being uh, a Lutheran in a Catholic school and much, much more. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Forte Catholic with your host, Taylor Schroll. As promised, we have on the line my Twitter friend, Mr. Lex Lutheran. How you doing over there today, Lex? Doing okay, man. How you doing, man? Uh, it's another day in paradise, brother. So, so here's the deal. One thing you don't even know yet, Lex, I just did. I just recorded my top 10 people that I follow of faith on Twitter. You were number five, man. You came in number five. Congratulations on your on your uh, on your great finish there. That's like lukewarm, though, bro. Like <laughs> congratulations about that. Like, like I can't be four or or six. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> five, wow. five you, you made five man the the <laughs> I, I tell you what though um number six was the pope so you beat the pope in my in my list so congratulations <laughs> oh man I, I, I feel ultra holy right now yeah <laughs> you're the best so um <laughs> i've been talking today about following i've been talking about twitter I, I i told people you were coming on you are obviously one of my favorite people I follow on Twitter, but with a name like Lex Lutheran, I'm guessing that's not what your parents named you. So why don't you go ahead and explain that name to to us? Well, um, name, I mean, it's kind of complex, but not really. Um, I, 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 in real life, I hate Superman. So I've always been fascinated by Lex Luthor in general. But as far as the name goes, 
I like to play on words because Lex uh, means law in Latin. Oh, and nice. My, denom- <clears throat> my denomination is Lutheran. So, and Lutheran, we have, we're big on a law gospel dynamic when preaching and talking about uh, Holy Scripture. So, it kind of is nice to play on words. And I don't like Superman, so <laughs> kind of so, goes back and back with that. And then one more thing is, um, like the Bible says, there's only one person that's good. there's only one that's good, and that's he has God. So everybody's picking superheroes and this, and it's like, nah, like I know what it is. Like you know, without Jesus, I'm nothing. So that's Lutheran. So you're the bad guy. You're the you're the you're the bad bad guy on Twitter, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> So shows shows you a little bit something about me that I put a bad guy as number five on my on my favorite faith followers on Twitter. So uh, yeah, I I actually didn't know. Obviously, I knew it was a play on Lex Luthor, and it's, it's honestly the reason I started following you, and then your tweets are the reason I stayed. They're absolutely fantastic, hilarious. You're always talking to people, making fun of people, having great debates and arguments on Twitter. It's it's, it's been a lot of fun for me. So for you for you, oh yeah, and also I didn't know the Lex thing. I just learned something new that that Lex means law. That's awesome. I didn't see that connection. So, for you, how do Twitter and Christianity combine? Well, for me, at first, it was just an account that I could, um, let's say, uh, follow like a bunch of pastors and um, religious, excuse me, religious groups. Um, but as I started using it, I started um, noticing that a lot of people need encouragement. Not just that, a lot of people. Um, Twitter has over seven such millions of people. And every now and then, you can use that search engine and go talk to somebody who's not a Christian, who's lost, who's never heard of Jesus. And so I slowly but surely started using it for that purpose. And I still do it for that purpose, but people don't see that because usually I'm only making fun of other Christians. <laughs> I like to do it in my spare time. But that's how it started off, you know. It started off like that. And then um, I started to follow more and more people in general. So I have a little community I talk to and engage with, but the overall reason it started was just to edify myself with like uh, following pastors and then also uh, reaching out and being able to talk to various people. Yeah, no, it's great. Like it's it's so funny you talk about your little group of people. There's like Calvinist Batman and uh, Calvinist Colson, and there's all these people like that have names like you. And then also you know, there's a bunch of your friends and stuff that like I've enjoyed being a part of that group. And, you know, so in that group, it's a, it's mostly a bunch of, uh, of Lutherans or Calvinists or, or whatever. And I'm like the Catholic outsider. Right. And I, I know we, we, we we're, we've been getting to know each other a little bit. And I know that you are a Lutheran that went to a Catholic school. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on was kind of talk about what that experience is like. So what was it like being a Lutheran at a Catholic school? Well, the, the unique thing is I wasn't I, I wasn't fully Lutheran at the time. Like my beliefs aligned with the Lutheran faith, but I wasn't going around like I'm Lutheran. You know, it was just I was some little knucklehead that played basketball better than you. Um, <laughs> hey, we, we, we might need to figure well, hold on, hold on. out. We might need to meet up and settle that real quick. You can't just go around <laughs> saying that on my airwaves, bro. Bro, I, I didn't interrupt you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. So I, I was just some knucklehead that played basketball, dunking on people like Taylor, you know, just doing my thing, you know. Hey, Jake, and, you can um, hang this call up right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But now, um, it was a real unique experience, you know, like going to a, um, going to school, but then also having mass, and then also having religion class every single year, and actually being able to talk to uh, priests and things of that nature, 
and get to know them on a personal basis. So you're not just hearing great things or bad things, but knowing, being able to know someone on a personal level in a sense. It was great. Yeah, so you so you you don't hate Catholics. You enjoyed your time there with with the Catholic students and dunking on the Catholic students. I'm sure you enjoyed that. So uh, I actually worked at a I've worked at a Catholic school, and we have you know it's mostly Catholics, but we have people from other faiths, um, non Christians. We have uh, other guys who are you know some some Lutherans, I, I believe, and some other guys who go to non denomination churches. And a lot of those kids, it's it's actually kind of funny. They there's one kid who's a non denom guy and. He's one of the most faith-filled people at our school. He like pays. He's more respectful in mass than a lot of the Catholic kids are. So, from your Catholics, from your Catholic school time, what was like the best part about it that you saw? Like, well, Catholics do this well, and then what was like the most frustrating thing about being a non-Catholic at a Catholic school? Um, being a non-Catholic at a Catholic school, I'll say the most frustrating thing I, I would say. Um, would be a dress code. I mean, that, that, that could be like real <laughs> secular, but I was a knucklehead. Like, you know, like literally I'm the bad guy. Like I, I, I got in trouble for throwing marshmallows at cheerleaders during a rally, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So to me, it was just the rules, you know? <laughs> um, the thing that I really liked though, is the aspect I could talk about religion and not be viewed as oddball. You know, like I, I've always, interested in various things, but it was okay to talk about it there. Unlike if you're at a public school, you know, people shh, don't talk like don't talk about that. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I'm glad that that was your experience. And I was I also want to point out the irony that you didn't like the laws, but you just like it Lex is your name and law is your name. So you didn't like the rules, but you love the law. So uh just just wanted to point out that little I, irony there. Um, I understood the law. I understood I need to dress nice even though I didn't want to, and it, it broke me down, it was like, okay, it taught me how I should dress respectfully. I shouldn't show up to school with sweats. I didn't come to school, I got, I got to show up to work. So it was a good, it was a good experience. You know, I hated it. Yeah, so isn't that the Christian life, though? Like, we know the rules, <laughs> we know what we should be doing, we're like, no, this is stupid, but then in the end, we're like, well, that was actually good for me, and I'm going to actually do it, right? Isn't that the Christian life? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So now, now that you're out of school, like one of one of the big reasons that I love following you is like I get to see, um, kind of you know the the inner inner thoughts of Mister Lex Luthor, right? And I get to see a lot of these debates that you have and these arguments that you have, and and some of the great like quotes from these pastors that you share. It's kind of this mix of you know making fun of people and defending the faith and sharing the faith <laughs> and and all of these things, right? And I just love that because it's real. Um, so now as a, as a grown man, how old are you, man? Um, thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. So uh, we're ten years apart. So we're you know same generation, right? I think you have a couple kids too, right? Yeah, you're forty-seven. Thir- I'm twenty-seven. Uh, I, I, I know I look forty-seven because I'm balding, <laughs> and the only way you know me is from my Twitter picture. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, now, like that, you're in this Twitter sphere. Like now, what would you say is like looking as an outsider looking at the Catholic Church? What is the thing that you see that we don't do well as a Christian church, and how can we do that better? Um, overall, if I had to just give like a, a overview of it, I mean, I don't think it's something that you guys do. I think it's more so um, when you say doing better, you mean like in relation, like in general, like the broad Christianity as a whole. You mean? Yeah. Um, I would have to say. Uh, it more so falls along the lines of like the Council of Trent in a sense, you know, so 
like the people who actually will, will, will follow or know the difference between different groups, only way that we'll be able to move forward in a sense is if people would, you know, come together and reassess that in a sense. But this, this, on, a, on a lay level, I mean, I really can't say there's nothing you guys can do better because honestly, just like just like Protestant denominations, most of the time a lot of lay people don't know the doctrines, that they, which is, is bad, but it's also good because a lot of times they're just relying on Christ. Yeah, amen. All the politics behind everything, they're like, okay, I know it's important. I don't totally understand it, but I do understand Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That's what it is. Yeah, so, I mean, there are many great people in heaven right now that couldn't pass a theology test, you know? <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing I've noticed, especially going to a Catholic school and knowing a lot of Catholics, and the more I study, I'll ask them something, and they'll have to be like, oh, no. man, listen, I go to church for Jesus. Straight up, you know? <laughs> you know, so on a deeper level for people who are digging into it, that's like one big obstacle or roadblock that kind of keeps people on two sides of the fence, in a sense. Yeah, no, I I know what you mean, man. And I was thinking because I know the the uh, like what is it, the five hundredth anniversary of the Reformation's coming up. Pretty, pretty October thirtieth. Yeah, October thirtieth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you know you know it today. It's close to my birthday, right? So uh, I'll be celebrating one thing. You'll be celebrating the other. But what's one, one thing that's interesting is like you know the Holy Spirit's always leading and guiding the church, and there are imperfect people like you know, within the church, both you and me, uh, church leaders now and in the past. I mean, we're all. Sinners, we're all saints, right? We'll talk about your podcast here in a second about how you how you address that issue. But like, what's really interesting to me is like a lot of the things that Luther said, a lot of his writings. Like, man, I can I'm totally behind a lot of it, right? He was a, he was a man yeah. of reform, a man who saw things that people in the church were not doing well. And what's crazy is a lot of the things that he posted on his on his you know theses on the door, not theses, theses. He put his theses on the door. <laughs> a lot of those things, like. Is stuff that eventually, like the Catholic Church's councils, ended up changing, right? You know, I mean, I'm one that pops into head, not, pops into my head is like, you know, people were selling indulgences, they were selling forgiveness, like that's just dumb, right? And Luther was like, that's not cool, and then of course Catholics, it took them a little while, sadly, but I was like, yeah, that's not cool. So a lot of the things that he posted, we've kind of come around on and and you know, use some common sense as a, as a, as a people to figure these things out. So. One of the things that I, I want to do too is just like like thank you for for like our relationship that we've built just on Twitter, right? And for coming on the show, but because we had the other day with this, you know, this long drawn out conversation. Um and because you, you posted something about the Pope, right? What did he say? She said he was saying something you were you were asking me about. Oh, it was a quote where he mentioned how um trusting in Mary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's quote. Yeah, that's right. So, like, obviously, Mary is a point of of of, of disagreement and like um, relying, like uh, asking saints to pray for us. Like, that's a thing that pr- Protestants and Catholics disagree on. But what I really like what you did was that you asked the question in in DMs, right? The the direct messages, so only me and you could see it. And like, we legit had a conversation. You know, throughout the day for hours and hours, we were just kind of going back and forth. You know, <laughs> I'd send something thirty minutes, you'd send something, and like. I really gained a great perspective on it because, like, a lot of times, you know, I, I grew up as a Catholic, so I don't really get to see another perspective. And you were able to give me your perspective and, you know, ask these questions. And I just really appreciate um, how you did that and, and the, the dignity that you had in doing that. Oh, well, thank you, man. And that's one of the reasons, like I said, I created the account, you know, so I could 
do that. You know, and a lot of people will say, well, why do you use a fake name? Well, I also talk about personal things in my life to where if, if they incriminate somebody else, I don't want them to be embarrassed, you know. But it's a real person behind this account. And I like to really reach out and engage and talk to people and come to an understanding or at least let people know uh, my concern of a certain thing. See what, see what their opinion is on it. Yeah, no. No, and it's great. You're, you're doing great stuff, man. So speaking of great stuff that you're doing, why don't you ex- explain to, to my audience real quick about the podcast that you and Calvinist Colson do? Uh, we have a podcast, a podcast called The Sinners League. And what it pretty much is about is um, we're all sinners. Like a lot of people, and especially nowadays in broad Christianity, um, all they hear about is a victorious life and this and that. But then they go home and realize, oh, man, I, met, I, I sinned just two seconds ago. I, I lied to my wife. I did this. And if you're looking at, you know, Jesus' perfect standard, you know you fail. And this podcast is a tip for us is to talk as regular brothers in the faith about Jesus and about how Christianity impacts our life and various things that we go through and various cultural things. And it's not like a high-level theology where we're trying to teach somebody the finer points because he's of a different denomination than I am, honestly. So that would be problematic. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we agree on a lot more than we disagree on, but it's more so a sense of unity in the faith and we talk about things and we um, just try to help and try to guide and let people know they're not alone and that we're we're all struggling and we're all just relying on Christ and Jesus for for everything. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, uh, whenever we were lining you coming onto the show tonight, I uh, I went and l- listened to a couple of a couple of y'all's episodes, and I was just driving in my car hearing y'all talk about you know different scripture passages and what y'all think about it. And it was hearing bo- it was neat hearing both of y'all's insights. So, um, how can people check that out if they're interested in in, uh, in checking you out a little bit more? Oh well, um, the easiest way to get there because I don't remember the exact website. Sinnersleague.podbean, uh, I think it is, but you can always go to sinnersleague.com and there's um, a podcast link there that'll take you to the podcast. Or on your, I, your iPod, your, what's it called? iTunes Catcher, whatever it is people call it. If you search the Sinners League, it should, it should pop up. Yeah, that's how I found it. I, I, I just went and looked in, in, in iTunes and searched the Sinners League there and found it. And, and enjoyed it. So, yeah, man, I, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for your thank you for your podcast. And, and we have about a minute left. You have a minute as a Lutheran on a Catholic radio show to share what's on your heart, share um, a little bit of encouragement, whatever you want to do. The t- the floor is yours. Um, I would like to say that faith is, is <clears throat> faith is what is given to us in Jesus Christ that saves us. And without that, without Jesus Christ's uh, sacrifice for us, it's all for naught. There's nothing we add to salvation. It's him alone. As long as we continue to keep our eyes on him, he'll work out. He who gave us the faith will work it out to perfection and work it out to the end. Just keep your eyes on Christ. Rely on the cross. Know Jesus is there for you. Admit your sins. Come to the throne. And God's there to forgive you and love you. And in Jesus Christ is what we trust in. Amen, man. Amen. I, I I appreciate you again coming on. If you want to check out Lex, he's on Twitter. Um, he's in my top in my top five. Beat the Pope out of the top five. So uh, <laughs> go check him out at Lex Lutheran. Uh, man, blessings on you. Blessings on your ministry, your podcast, your Twitter feed, your family, and everything that you do, man. I really appreciate it. Um, and, and I enjoy our little Twitter friendship that's now become a radio friendship. Thanks, man. I appreciate you too, man. And uh, 
blessings to you and your family also. I saw a picture of you and your, your wife and your, uh, some of your kids. I don't know if you're up here now. There was some, there was some kid in front of the picture. Yeah, right? I, I, def- I definitely married up. She's gorgeous. So thanks again for coming on, man. Have a great one. <laughs> you too, man. Catholic, recording from the Red Sea Radio Studios. I want to thank Lex Luth- I want to thank Lex Lutheran again for coming on the show. Really appreciate him uh, calling in. He's really become a good friend of mine on the Twitter sphere. It's nice to finally talk to him in person. <clears throat> so uh, I want to continue on our topic of following. So when I say who are you following in a Catholic sense, you'd probably answer. Jesus, right? So we might say the Pope, we might say the Holy Spirit, and like all those are right, but like ultimately, we're all fo- followers of Christ. We're all followers of Jesus because if we, you know, for following um, the 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 Holy Spirit, He is leading and guiding us in our heart to ultimately encounter Jesus, to encounter uh, the Triune God. And then if you said like the Pope or your pastor, or whatever, these are all people that Jesus has given us to lead and guide us. In, um, in our local communities to find an encounter with Jesus and to grow in our love for him. So um, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about discipleship. Uh, way back when the, when the show first started a few months ago, in the third episode, actually, of Forte Catholic, we talked about uh, discipline and discipleship and what those two words kind of had in common. So I want to revisit talking about discipleship because it's just such an important topic in our church today. So... What is a disciple? What does it mean? Many people would say follower, which is correct, but like the the word disciple, actually in the original language, what it meant was that they would sit at the feet of. So people like Plato and Aristotle and, and Socrates, or as I like to pronounce it, Socrates, um, shout out to one of the greatest movies in, in the 80s, if you uh, understand that reference. So um, they would... Why, why it would say that, why people would say that is because um, these were great teachers who would have followers, who would have people who would follow them around wherever they go, just like D- Jesus did with his disciples. And let's say they would travel from one town to the other, and people would hear about them coming. It's like, oh yeah, Aristotle's coming, or oh, Jesus is coming, or Socrates is coming. So people would come into this town square, and they'd want to hear him. But who got to sit at the front? It was his disciples, the people who who followed him. So every time Socrates, or, or in our case, Jesus would speak, the disciples would sit at Jesus' feet and be the closest ones to him as he was teaching. You know, he could be teaching them um, about any, any one of these things, these stories that we see in the Gospels, and everybody else is listening. They could hear, but the disciples were the one who sat at his feet. They were pe- these were the people who knew him, traveled with him, ate with him, um, cried with him, uh, walked with him, all of these things. They were so close to him. And that's what a disciple means. So all of us are disciples of Jesus. And sticking with this following thing, we are all, we've all followed somebody, right? 
everybody who's a disciple has been led there by somebody else. Like we've been led by the scriptures or we've been led by um, our parents or we've been led by our pastor or our youth minister or, you know, a random lady in the grocery store or whatever your story might be. If you came to faith because of a random story in the grocery store or random lady in the grocery store, you need to let me know. And I want you, I want to, I want to talk to you on the show. So, um, whether it's a parent, a coach or, or whoever, we've all learned from people. We learned, I've learned how to be a man. I've learned how to be a Christian. I've learned how to ride a bike. I've learned how to play basketball. I've learned how to whistle. Like we've all learned all of these things from other people. So whenever we say that we're a disciple, there's somebody who is discipling us. Jesus is the one who is, who is leading us and discipling us and teaching us how to live. So um, whenever we, we talk about being a disciple of Jesus, there's a difference between somebody who's a disciple and sits at the feet of or somebody who's kind of in the back that listens and is like, okay, well, that was nice, but I'm going to move on. Or somebody while Jesus is speaking is just like in the crowd walking back and notices Jesus is there, but um, doesn't really acknowledge him. It's like, okay, whatever. That's that Jesus guy. I'm going to keep going on with my life. And I think a lot of us, I don't think a lot of us are in that last category, um, but there, I, I don't think a lot of us are in that first category either. I think a lot of us um, kind of sit in this this area where we're not disciples, we're not completely following Jesus, we're not um, doing, you know, living our lives the way we completely should be. I think a lot of us are kind of in that the, that row behind the disciples, where we're listening, we're going to church, we hear what's happening, we're acknowledging what Jesus is saying. It's like, oh, that's really nice. But then when Jesus wants to move on, we just kind of are like those people and stay and go about our normal lives. So wherever you are on that spectrum, if you're a complete disciple, congratulations. Um, your job is to go make more disciples, to encourage the, uh, everybody else to fall in love with Jesus and to become a disciple. If you're, um, you know, maybe you're one of those people on the fringe, maybe you just tuned into Catholic radio and you're like, who's this guy that's just talking to me about, about discipleship and what does that even mean? I don't think there's many people like that. But I think uh, maybe some of us are, going back and forth between being a disciple and just being a person that listens. So I want to help us to kind of take that plunge and take the next step to be full-fledged disciples. Maybe if you've never known what it means to be a disciple of Christ, like we're just going to kind of lay some of these things out, lay some of the ejections out of why it's hard and why we won't, you don't want to be a complete bought in, you know, quote unquote Jesus freak or somebody who's bought in to this whole Christianity thing, this whole Catholic thing. The, 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 the thing that separated the disciples from that next group is that they dropped their nets. They dropped what they were doing. So Jesus came. <laughs> they have never met this guy, right? They've never met this Jesus character. These guys are out on their boat fishing. They've been fishing. They're professional fishermen. That's what they do to make a living. They've been fishing all night and have caught zero fish. So that should tell you something about how good they are at their job, right? Not the greatest fishermen in the world, but that's beside the point. So Jesus calls them. He, he, he helps them to catch some fish. And then he says, you know, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And then he says, like, will you follow me? Come with me. And they do. And they drop their nets. 
they leave their boat there. They leave their nets there. They leave um, whatever they were holding on to behind. They come and they follow Jesus. Why do they do that? Because Jesus was worth following. They met him. They saw that there was something special about him. They could sense it from the, from the way that he carried himself, from the way the power with which he spoke. And they were like, I don't know what that guy has, but I want some of it. So for a lot of us, it's like, okay, that's a great story, but like, <laughs> I don't have any nets to drop. I'm not a crappy professional fisherman. See what I did there? Crappy means bad, but it's also a fish. That was a, that was a, a good little joke for you guys that like uh, <laughs> double meanings. So um, it's hard for us to drop our nets, kind of take that plunge from being the people who are just sitting there listening where, where we go to church every Sunday and we're, we hear the readings, we hear the homily, and then you know the other you know, 24 times seven hours minus one a week, all the hours of the, other, the rest of the week, we're just like, you know what, I'm going to go and go back to my normal life and just do what I was doing. But here's the deal. Following Jesus and giving him your life is so, so worth it. How do I know that? First of all, from personal experience, but I know it from these disciples. They followed him for three years. They left their lives and they walked with him for three years. Like they didn't meander off. They didn't quit. They followed him to his death. And then they met him again at the resurrection. And here's the kicker. They followed Jesus to their own death. 11 of the 12 disciples, the original 12, 11 of them were martyrs. A martyr, somebody who dies for their faith, who died because of their love and their devotion to Jesus. So they went from these simple fishermen just living their regular lives, and I bet, it's, it, I bet it was hard for them to leave what they were doing, to leave what, what they had known their whole lives, to try something new. God is so generous and he cannot be outgiven. So if we give him our lives, he's going to give us his life in return. And I could tell you what, God's life, I don't care if, if you're the, you have the greatest life in the world, God's life is better. All of our hurt and our pain and our sorrow and our struggle, like God wants to take that to heal us, to redeem us, and to continue to lead us to heaven where all of that stuff will be gone forever. So what does dropping our nets mean for us? For me, if you were listening to the first segment, it's something like dropping my phone every now and then and, and tuning in, having some quiet time with God, some quality time with friends. For me, it may also be, you know, my time on Netflix, my time playing video games. Those are the things that I'm holding on to. My little sins, my, my things, my uh, habitual sins that I do over and over again. All these things that I'm holding on to because I, th- I think they're going to make me happy. Those are the things that when I give those to God, he's going to give me the true joy and happiness and love that I'm seeking from all of these things. The reason I, I watch TV, the reason I, I play video games, the reason I love technology is because it's fun. It brings me joy. It brings me happiness. 
But no TV show, however good it is, no Star Wars movie, no video game can bring me more true joy than a life with God. So what is it? What is a, some of these common objections to to discipleship? Number one is that well, it's too hard. It's hard to give these things up. It's hard to to pray every day. It's hard to read my Bible. It's hard to pay attention to mass. It's hard to get to mass in the middle of the NFL season when, uh, especially in the playoffs, when they're changing all the times and you know your favorite team's playing during mass time. Man, it's it's so worth it though. If you look at at, the, at a life with God and look at the lives of the saints, they were so happy. And most of our saints were alive before the NFL and video games tele- telephones were invented, right? And they were still, like, there was no air condition. I, how hard is it to be happy when there's no air conditioning? I would be miserable. And these people are saints, saints, holy ones of God, because they gave up the things that they wanted to follow Jesus. Another thing that the saints did that's kind of a common objection that we don't think about a lot is like, look, I, I can't be a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, because I've messed up too much. I'm too big of a sinner. I did that big sin last week or a year ago or five years ago that I can't get out of my head. I feel this, this Catholic guilt stuff that Taylor absolutely hates. Because the whole premise of the gospel... <laughs> The good news of the gospel was that we were sinners. We couldn't fix that problem. So God came down to teach us how to live, to die for our sins, and to rise again to defeat death and sin. So that sin that you feel guilty about, the sin that's holding you back from being a disciple, it's only holding you back because you think it is. God's not holding you back. He loves you. And all he wants is for you to return and to, you know, just like the prodigal son to come and he's going to run out and give you a big hug in the confessional, in, in the mass, in being forgiven and all of these things. Like the whole point of the gospel was to save sinners. That's why he came. One of the other objections is like, well, where, well I have too many doubts. I can't really be a disciple because I don't, I don't know. I have questions about faith. I doubt God's existence. I doubt, I doubt the true presence of God in the Eucharist. I doubt why we should uh, ask saints to pray for us. Whatever your doubt is, it's like, what is a doubt? It's really a question, right? Well, how do we grow in our knowledge of anything? If I know nothing about cars and I have all these questions and I need to know about cars for an upcoming test on cars that I have for some reason, like, wouldn't I want to ask those questions so I can get the answers? So like with, with our faith, it's like when you have doubts, if you just let them sit, that's not healthy. It's not going to help you grow. But if you dive into this whole discipleship thing and start asking the tough questions, those doubts you've had since junior high, the doubts you've had since you became a Catholic, whatever it is, ask those questions. 
You can email them to me. You can email them to Catholic Answers. You could ask your pastor. Pastor, you could ask your youth minister. You can ask somebody who's in your church who's been growing up in the church for years and years and years. One of the wise older people, the elders in the church. Whatever it is, like that's not a reason to hold you back. Those questions, the biggest questions that I've ever asked, the biggest doubts that I ever had, I asked those questions, and like those were the moments where I grew the most in my faith. So I just want to encourage you to to take these common objections that pop up to discipleship, whatever they are, like here's your solution for them. The solution's in the scriptures. The solution's in what the church is teaching. Ask questions. Dive into this discipleship because whatever you give up, you're going to get back tenfold. So it's been great being here with you guys today. It's been great talking about discipleship, about following if you want to follow me to keep to keep uh, connected to the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Taylor Schroll, also on Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, all these things. You can find all of that on ForteCatholic.com slash radio. You can check that out. Um, do me a huge favor. Um, I don't know if you guys know how iTunes works, but the more ratings that a show gets the more likely it is that other people will be able to find it in iTunes. If you could do me a huge favor, if you're listening on iTunes and go right now, push pause on this, I'm just about done, and go um, and, and give a rating for the show. I'd really appreciate it. If, uh, if, you're, if you really like the show, please do that. If you don't like the show at all, the rating system's broken. You can't do it. Sorry. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a fun week. We will be um, back next week. Um, with, with another great guest that I'm really excited about. So stay tuned to hear about that. So just in review, today we talked about following. We talked about my 10 favorite people to follow on Twitter. We talked about the importance of taking a break and, and refocusing on our prayer life. We talked with my good friend Lex Lutheran about uh, his experience as uh, an outsider looking into the Catholic faith. And then finally, just now, we talked about discipleship. And I just really want to urge you to take that step. And if I can help you in any way, I would love to. So this has been another episode of Forte Catholic. It's been a great time. We'll be back in seven days. See you.